Welcome to the View in Your Mirror podcast. We are your hosts, Lisa Rubin and Katie Harms. From new moves to tried and true strategies, we'll dissect the ways in which clothing and a little organization can and does affect your daily life. Come along as we hope to inspire, engage, and shape your rituals as well as your shapewear. Lisa Rubin. And Katie Harms. It is a bright, beautiful morning. Yes, but it does feel like fall. Weird. There are leaves on the trees and they're budding, but it's cold. You know, it. Is, that's true. I think part of the reason why it feels like fall in this springtime that we're having, because there's no humidity. Mm. Generally, there's more humidity, I guess, in the spring. Anyway, well, that's your weather report. How absolute timely since our guest today is none other than Belinda Jensen. She is the chief meteorologist for CARE 11, an NBC affiliate here in the Twin Cities, and her reach is far greater than the Twin Cities and a delightful person. I'm excited to talk to her. Agree with you completely. I was thinking about the fact that we started our podcast. We've had incredible response to it. One of the things that keeps going through my head as I look at how to define and how to validate what we do personally, we like that personal and professional validation of what we do. And you shared with me an email that you got from a client. I want to set this up before we talk about the email and talk about the fact that we as women are pretty hard on ourselves and we're pretty hard on our expectations for who we are and what we need to accomplish to fill something. Where do you think that comes from, that we're so tough on ourselves? I don't have the answer to that, but I agree with you completely, Katie, that we as women are our worst critic, Mm -hmm. our biggest critic, and also can be our biggest fan. Yes, exactly. And as a group of women, when we get together, we are also all of those things. So true. And I just think that going back to this email that I received from a client last week, it just validated for me what I do and what, as you said, my purpose was, or one of my purposes, right? We're also moms, we're wives, we're aunts. It's those hats. We're friends. We have so many hats and we wear so many hats during the day, right? So do men do this? Do men go through this? What's their process? I suppose, you know, we're a podcast primarily for women. Although my nephew, I saw him this weekend and he listens to every single one of my podcasts and asks me questions about it when he sees me. And it just makes my heart so warm. I think that's incredible. He's very in tune to the females around him, I would bet. Yes, he's very in tuned. Yes, he is which helps on so many levels. And why should we be surprised? How many podcasts do we listen to that are very male dominated? What's, I mean, (laughs) well, with the exception of my hour, not my own, our podcast, and a few other podcasts that are local podcasts with women that I admire in town here, all the other podcasts I listen to are all male dominated. Right. And so as we're, we're certainly hearing more about embracing our best selves in our lives and as females, how do we know how else to do it, right? We're coming at this from a female mindset mindset. So there's that. But I think there's something inherently female, how our brains work to a certain extent that we have all of these different boxes going at the same time. That's a good word, boxes. And and so for me, it's the organizational box. And I'm hardest on myself. I really have to check myself to make sure that I'm practicing what I preach. But it also makes me feel good. Organizing a drawer makes me feel good. 
Right. And then it, and it's almost cathartic. So on that point, what I have found, and I actually thought about this, I've done several in person now, if they're fully vaccinated, and virtual closet, what I call closet analysis. And after we are done, I see a difference in how my clients respond to me because it's almost like they are throwing out good memories, bad memories, past experiences, and they get rid of all of that energy out of their closet. Yeah. I include shoes. I include accessories because some of the accessories that women wear can bring in a bad memory or an unfortunate memory or something. And so we talk about that. So that's a really good point that you started and I guess I finished. But. Yeah, I love it. And once again, we're we're sort of in tune. And the lovely thing of why we did this is be, because we were in tune. Co- the closet was our common friend when we first met. Exactly. And then from there, we've taken it. And you go back to the purpose. Our purpose is to really bring that out in people. And it's so funny because I, I walk into homes, I consult with people and after we get done, particularly on a closet redo, that seems to be a big one. When we do a closet where everything comes out, it has to come out so you can refit it, particularly when we're doing a closet where we refit the closet itself, or mudrooms are another big one, laundry rooms are another big one, taking a look at those areas and how they're really functioning for you once you've been in a home. And when people come away from that and they say, I had no idea, and it's We don't know what we don't know. So when you have someone like yourself or like me that we have a special niche, really, and an ability to dial it down pretty quickly to what's needed, that's surprising for people. And when you get those validations, that's lovely. You don't need them to survive, but when they come in, wow, does it feel good. I agree. And I use an analogy a lot of times about going to the dentist. Like a lot of my clients will say, I, why do I need you? This is ridiculous. Why am I going to pay this kind of money? I know I can do this myself. And I use an analogy that every day you brush your teeth, hopefully you floss your teeth, you have a toothbrush, you know all of the parts of getting your teeth clean, right? But twice a year, you should be going to the dentist so that the professional can clean your teeth professionally so it makes you feel good when you leave and that it keeps you healthy and on your feet because dental health is very important for our regular health. And a lot of people like that analogy. Just like getting up, going in your closet and getting dressed every day. Everybody in the world does it. Doesn't matter what you put on. You know, it's so true. And let's face it, there's a lot of shows that have come out now with organizational tips and hints and all of that. And, you know, a lot of good information. I I think anything like that that causes you to think about it and assess things is really great. But let's just say you go through a complete redo of that space. You go out and you buy all the material that you want to put in there. It's not going to stay exactly like that because you're going to live in it. If you went to open one of my drawers right now, my t-shirt drawer where I have them all full nicely and tucked in there. Yeah, not so much because I've been using it and in and out of there and I don't take the time to fold them all perfectly and put them back in there each time. So your twice a year is really a great idea, especially when you're when you're switching out seasons of clothes. 
to flip them out and take some time. And the amazing thing, and back to your, your dental assessment, nobody likes taking the time to go to the dentist. Nobody likes taking the time to assess their closet or organize their spaces. But when you get done with it, wow, do you feel accomplished. And you probably smile more that day. I'm sure you do. Just like when someone gets their closet redone or their kitchen or their laundry room reorganized and they go in to do laundry like they do every day and they're like, oh my God, I have this rod in the perfect spot to hang my wet clothes. Exactly. Oh my God, I have a drawer now for wrapping paper and all of these things, right? Or when we're planning the home from the front end, after you've got architectural drawings or when you're in the early stages, those things like, where are you going to put your laundry baskets that come into the laundry room and are filled with dirty clothes waiting to be washed? I cannot tell you when you get, (laughs) we're going into a different level. Now we're into my Katie's pet peeves. That would be my list. Instead of beauty blind spots, Katie's pet peeves. Katie's pet peeves, exactly. When you have a beautiful new home, and it really doesn't matter the size, it's how that home works. When people are downsizing now and they're building new spaces, or they've got cabins or secondary homes, how they function is absolutely so very important. And when you see it not work, I see a lot of, you know, I'm like you on every social media for builders and remodelers and organizations that are selling products and you think, oh, but how is that going to function? Truly, how is it going to function? Yes, it can be beautiful, but we it needs to function just like the wardrobe. You can have the most beautiful pieces in your wardrobe. If they don't function together, you're not going to know what to do with them. Once and if you, get you in don't there. feel good when you put them on because you don't know how to wear them. Exactly. You could have the most beautiful jacket. You, you bought it somewhere. It caught your eye. You put it on. You felt great in the dressing room. Then you bring it home and it sits in your closet. Why does it sit in your closet for exactly what you said? You have no idea what to wear it with. Or where to wear it or... Maybe or it, how to wear it. Or how to wear it, yeah. So now back to the the purpose and the feeling purpose and the validation, because I love it when you get them. I love it when people walk into my home and say, oh my gosh, this is the space we're sitting in, which it's a multifunctional space. It is. And it's used every single day, just like your closet, just like your wardrobe. And it's used well. And could it be even more organized than it is? Sure, but boy, does it work well. So same with wardrobes. So we get the validations. I got one for you on behalf of you in that a friend reached out to you and did a closet consult and her text back to me. It was just a one-line text. Lisa has changed my life. (laughs) That was very sweet. And I think she was very nervous when I came over, like most people are. Exactly. And it takes about 15, 20 minutes to warm up. Right. And I... That was the first in-person closet analysis I've done since COVID. Wow. And so, and it was to a person I had never met before. Yeah. So it was great for me. And bravo to that person who took a chance because it's uncomfortable to call someone you don't know and have them come into your life. Exactly. It's, it's uncomfortable. I hear it all the time. Well, oh my gosh, I have to clean up. And I say, no, please don't clean up. You know, I know you have some homework you like them to do ahead of time, which makes sense. It's not cleaning up though. But it's not cleaning up. Exactly. For me, it's like, it's like, okay, I don't want you to clean up because I want to see what's going to have to go back into those spaces or what's going to be where it needs to go. And then we go from there. And what's really interesting is 
Generally, we work in almost parallel when people take everything out of their closet to do a closet redo in particular, not everything goes back in because when they start putting things back in, they kind of are doing a little bit of the analysis on their own. But can you imagine how incredible it would be if they had you? Yeah, it would be great. Actually, they should have me first and then you because then everything is taken out anyway. Yes, or to geez, maybe we together. have to how to do this together. It would be overwhelming. It would be mind-blowing. That would be overwhelming for a person. You know, it's like the two against one kind of thing. <laughs> uh, no, we have to do it separately, I think. Yes, it depends the who the day. personality is. Maybe we'd have to bring them lunch or a bottle of wine or something <laughs> after they were done. I don't know. I don't know. We'd have fun with it. But okay, we're going to get to our guest. But I want to first hear this lovely email you got because it sort of wraps everything up about why we do what we do. And this is a client you've had for a long time who's gone through many, I'm going to say, chapters of life. Yes, for her and for me. I want to say a few things before I read this email. This is a client I've had for over 30 years. She had a very high-level C-suite position for many years. Then she went into sitting on boards, and then she owned her own consulting company, and now she's decided she's just going to retire And I've been talking to her about, then we need to get in your closet and we need to get into seeing what you're going to do as your retirement wardrobe. And that took her three to four months to really wrap her head around the fact that why does she need me, right? Even though I've been helping her for 30 years and I just was me, right? I would just blatantly say certain things to her by text, email, or even call her on the phone. And finally she said, okay, Lisa, let's just do it. And she moved out of state. So it was all done virtually which actually is very efficient because then people don't have to clean their house up. (laughs) We're just in their closet, which is a good point. Yes. And so last week I did her closet for her and we got it all accomplished. She was happy. I knew she was happy. But the next day she sent me this email and here's what it said. I keep smiling when I think of our visit yesterday. What a wonderful, constructive, caring person you are and always have been. You have added to my life in so many ways over the years of knowing you, helping me with confidence in the work I did and moving forward to tackle bigger things with confidence. You were so vital too. And now you're helping me with the next phase. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is wonderful. Thank you. And I read this and I looked at it. I kind of got emotional for a minute. Well, and I why thought, wouldn't you? This is why I am still doing what I do. And it's been 38 years this July. Well, bravo to you. Thank you. I think I'm going to print this and I'm going to put it in a frame on my desk because this is this validates why I do what I do. Very good. Because you need to recognize the incredible work that you are doing too. And you know, your client list is not going to necessarily come out and say, oh, yep, I use Lisa. I use Lisa. It is like having a built-in psychologist. Therapist. 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 For sure. I have my PhD in that. I just never went to school for it. (laughs) (laughs) But people call me their secret weapon because there's so many people that I help. I never talk about who I help unless they say, oh, you can tell her that. And it's their business. Yeah. And what you do is definitely behind the scenes which is why this is so fun to bring the hints and tips forward. Closets have certainly become, and organizational spaces have become 
A big business. A big business, and particularly with what we've just lived through in a year of COVID. And I would strongly recommend people live in their spaces for a little while, particularly if they're buying an existing home. If you're buying an existing home, you've fallen in love with it for a number of reasons. I'm sure closets were somewhere on there. You probably didn't look at each space with a very critical eye because you're very excited about the process. So live in that space. Do not go out and buy a bunch of bins and containers until you've lived in the space for about a month. That's great advice, Katie. That's great advice. Always. You always give good advice. Well, thank you, Lisa. Now, I know we get a lot of advice from our upcoming guest, and I would like to get right into it. She, You love her, you hate her, all because of the weather. It, that's for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. And we watch her every day because of the weather. Even though we have our apps on our phones or we have, you know, some people have like nine apps on their phones. It's kind of nice to hear someone live talk about it because you think that they know more than your app. For sure. So I always watch Belinda. Belinda Jensen has been interested in weather since she was a young girl. Let's talk about it. Welcome, Belinda Jensen. We are so happy to have you here in our little podcast pantry. It's fantastic in here. <laughs> I love your lamp. I love Thank all your you. organization. Thank you. Uh, I desire more organization in my life like you, this. This yes. is awesome. Well, we can help you with that. Okay. We can for sure I, I, help you with that. <laughs> I'm going to give you a call. She's okay, a super perfect. organizer. Perfect, perfect. But, well, you have to live in a space. So, all right. We were, we were talking a little bit before we came on air or on on record, I guess, before we hit record. And two words, I'm going to describe you in two words, effortless and approachable. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I, I did. Have, I didn't do I didn't do much effort with my uh, with my look today. I kind of thought about that with the fact that you guys are, you know, clothing and closet and organizers. I'm like, I should probably get myself organized. today. Well, whatever you did, you look fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I think you look great. And guess what? Nobody's gonna see you. That's it's a true. podcast. Isn't that nice? <laughs> No, thank you for asking me. And you know what? You were really smart because you somehow knew that my favorite cookie in the entire world is from Rustica. Oh. That dark chocolate that you sent me. I'm telling you, mm -hmm. I'm like, what is going on here? So thank you for that little welcome gift and for inviting me to be a part of this today. We're happy to have you. And you know you can get those frozen oh. to bake at home. Okay, that's dangerous. I know it's very dangerous. But I'm very I'm, excited I'm now. <laughs> Probably going to go do that. To me, that is I don't I'm I don't eat chocolate like that. And someone <sighs> told me you got to just try it. Just Lisa, just take a little crumb. And I'm like, oh my god! Like I think about it when I'm sleeping at night. That's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> yes. Like I I try to avoid everything, but if one of those ends up <sighs> on my plate, it's mm. gone. Finito. Yeah. Gone. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. Yep. So last week, Lisa came up with an analogy of the two of us because a friend of hers was asking her. <laughs> You know, describe Katie, because she knew Lisa didn't know me. And so she came up with this great analogy um, that put us both as dog breeds. <laughs> so here's our question to you, because this became then our new question, okay. which I think is wonderful. If you were a dog breed, what would you be? Well, I have to say that um, the dog breed that I currently have is one that I absolutely love to death, and it is a Bernese Mountain Dog. And the reason I think it is is because... Um, <laughs> they are super social. They're constantly sitting on your feet. They lean on you at all times. They smile. They, um, they, they, they really don't want to fetch. They really don't want to, um, you know, guard. They, they just want to be a part of your life. They're very, they kind of can get very emotional. They're stunning. They're beautiful. Um, I've had three 
I have one right now that I got at the beginning of COVID and he, he brought us through COVID that dog. Because, is he, is, did yeah. you get him as a pup? Yes. Oh my as gosh. A pup. So you've gone through the training and. Yep. And this is our third. But when I was a kid though, when I was a kid, I had Goldens and even a St. Bernard. So, I mean, I think I'm a big dog person. That's for sure. I'm not a little dog person. Nothing. I mean, I love your little one that I came in This with. is the first little dog we've ever had. So we're talking <laughs> about Tonka Tilly, who has her own hashtag, Tonka Tilly, whenever I get around to actually. Yeah, Tilly's kind of famous. She is kind of famous. <laughs> but it's the first small. We always had German Shepherds, and our most recent were Dobermans. Wow. And so then when we ended up with this little, and we're surprised, actually the, the funniest is my husband. She likes him best and he loves her. And so funny. She's, and yeah. a lot of little dogs think they're big dogs, oh, which is hilarious too. Does. Yeah. 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 Well, she thinks she's a person first. And then, and then when she sees another dog, she's like, are you worthy of me? So really in the breed of dogs, she would probably be more like a, what are you? A standard poodle. A standard she operates poodle. more like a standard poodle. A standard poodle. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a Labrador, by the way, according to description. You are a Labrador. Which I will, which I'll own. We were talking about knowing what we wanted to do when we were younger. And I kind of surprised myself when I think back to as a little kid, I used to draw house plans <laughs> and show them to my dad, the ceramic tile setter. And, and he would go over them. Yes, this is good. You have the plumbing stacked and all of that. You knew that you had an interest in weather and outdoors early. Yeah, and I don't think that it was unavoidable because so what happened was when I was a little girl, we, I was born in St. Paul. We lived in Apple Valley until I was six. And then my dad had this dream of living on the St. Croix River. He had been from East St. Paul his whole life, met my mom when he was eight years old. Um, and so he wanted to raise all five of us there's five, on the St. Croix. And so when I was a little girl, we moved into the country just north of a little dairy town right on the river on a long driveway with one other family and a farmer. And so, and my mom was is and was meticulous. And so basically we were all like, go, my, they're like, go outside, just do your chores and go outside. So we really lived outside. We were always outside and I enjoyed living on that beautiful river, enjoying everything about that. So I think because of that, I became a really a nature lover and I and I loved everything about that and part of that of course would be the weather and so I thought about it a lot when I was little but when I think the turning point was in 10th grade I was going to write a term paper and talked to my physics professor Mr. Gavin and Mr. Gavin's like well you should write it on meteorology he's like because it's such a cool science you're really into it um you know you're not as smart as your brother <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's probably in, going to be an engineer, but I really do think you have a knack for science and maybe it's more of a natural science, a physical science. So, and he goes, and plus you're going to want to go to Madison because that's like a great school. He was a badger. And so he was, he kind of pushed me. So the only meteorologist I knew in 10th grade was the one we watched, which, which of course was Paul Douglas. And so in 10th grade, I picked up the phone and I called him and he answered the phone, which is wonderful. And I interviewed him on the phone and I quoted him in my paper. He always likes, oh my gosh, are you going to tell the story again? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a lovely it's story. But honestly, story. I interviewed him on the phone in 10th grade. I, I quoted him in my paper. I learned about meteorology because I wrote that term paper, because my physics teacher told me to. And I thought, well, gosh, that sounds awesome. I could do that. Maybe I could do that. And well, 
now I have his job. So I think it worked out. <laughs> I mean, it kind of worked Talk out. Talk about predestined. Yeah, you know what? It really was. He has and always has been a mentor of mine. So I wasn't going to be a, in broadcast. I always just was going to teach earth science and have meteorology be my basis because I loved it. So when I went off to college, that was my plan. But I did intern for him between my junior and senior year in college from Madison. And so I walked into that newsroom with Paul Majors and Pat Miles and Diana Pierce and Paul Douglas. And that's and heady. That's it was, heady stuff. it was a lot. And I, and I, of course, watched these folks since I was a little girl, but I sat there and I observed it all. And I watched it all and I would make some maps for Paul and I would help him with this and that. And he would throw some projects my way. And, and right then, I decided, okay, I am not made for television, but I could be behind the scenes. Maybe I could do that. Um, so I think I am still going to go teach. And so then I went off to college with that in mind. Got the two credits for working at Care 11 and uh, what, a, what a great experience it was. But when they threw me in front of the chroma key a couple times, it just kind of didn't, it just wasn't my thing. And it was really, to be honest with you, I looked at all those women and, and the gentlemen as well. And I'm just like, I'm just not that put together. Like I can't get it all together. So it was really, isn't uh, that interesting? It was your self-talk. It was. And it was my image you. that I didn't think I could. I mean, I knew I was smart enough to do the science or I thought I could figure that part out. And I liked the teaching part of it. I loved the earth science part of it. But when it came to actually the on-camera thing, those women were so put together. I mean, and so complete that I thought, oh, yeah, I'm a little messy. I don't know that I can do that. <laughs> so anyway, that's the back background behind that. But I think that's your and, staying power. And that mm. leads me to exactly what I do. I'm that behind the scenes person that helps someone like you were yeah. to help you feel that piece because you got everything else. Now you just have to get that piece, which you obviously have figured out because you always look good. Well, it's so, so I so appreciate it, but it has been, it's, it's been a journey of, of figuring out what that is, because as you know, like television is, is a weird um, medium where, you know, you, you have to have just the right clothes and they can't just be any clothes they can't have patterns they can't be you know boxy and 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 uh you know they have to look a certain way to look good on television absolutely so they have to be tailored and they have you know what i mean so and in certain colors you shouldn't be wearing because i i do a lot of this for people and so people don't realize that especially like people that are going to go and get interviewed on television and i'm like okay what do you think you want to wear and they show me, i'm like no 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 you might love that jacket but it's not going to look good on air it's right. completely different so it is a whole do you world. get comments belinda oh <laughs> it's kind of funny isn't so, it <laughs> you know so many it's so funny so I, I did start my career in salt lake city and then i came to minneapolis in 1993 but i did start my career in salt lake city so i was a young young i mean i was 22 years old in salt lake city started in the morning show on the morning show and it was winter in salt lake city so it was cold i'm from minnesota I understand how to dress in the cold. So I was wearing like a pantsuit. And I realized right away, once I started getting letters in Salt Lake City, is they wanted me to be in a dress. It was Salt Lake City. You know, it was very much, you know, the women should be in skirts and dresses. And I'm wearing a pantsuit and that didn't go over very well. So those are my first uh, few letters. And I mean, a lot of letters, actually. And, uh, you know, and through the years here at CARE, um, absolutely, 
I, I've kept a bunch of them because at some point in time you have to write that book, right? You definitely Where you just go have page to. to page. And I had someone write me a letter just the other day. Gentleman, I think it was. I, I'm just assuming. And he said to me, Belinda, don't try to do that straight hair thing that most people do. It just doesn't look good on you because your hair is too thin. I think you should get a body perm. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, From a, I think you should get a body a perm. A body perm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, I know. Is that hilarious or what? Like who gets body perm? I know. So I... I brought the letter. It was it was cryptically written. I brought the letter to my hairdresser. He and I had just a little. I'm like, get the body perm ready. We're getting the body. Getting perm. the body perm. Yeah. When was the last time anybody got a body perm? That <laughs> I don't think tells you the you age of the person. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's funny. Uh, we get so many interesting. We get so many interesting letters. And, and do people actually write you a letter, or is it by email? Well, that's the thing. You know, um, back in Salt Lake City and at the beginning at Care, you literally would get the the physical letters, which you know would would take a little bit more effort a stamp and and so they weren't as many with email and then now with social media you know the second you're off the air if someone doesn't like the color you're wearing or the dress you have on or if someone sees you know and and then being a woman i think in science and on television i also have to always remember that we are even if we don't always want to be we're role models so we always have to dress appropriately always appropriate so if for some reason you know like the dress is a little lower cut and i put a pin in but it didn't really like work and right away i'll get some belinda jensen my granddaughter is watching and i'm like oh, oh. gosh what's happening <laughs> I, I thought i had that all pinned up you know or whatever it is so no, so you know the second you're off the air if it's not going well for you that day. Because it's right there. It's right on your phone. It's like, oh, okay. So we as rough. women have the, the incredible ability to pick from a myriad of styles and all of that, but also have to go into, especially when you're in the spotlight, with a level of knowledge, or you have to have that level of knowledge. Wow. I mean, I would never want to be a man, but that's one thing. They just don't have to. Well, like, what do people complain about? Geez, your tie doesn't match your shirt. I mean, how far can it go well, they beyond compl- that? They, they complain about their color, their sport coat, or the pattern's too wild, <laughs> or yeah. the color of the tie. Meanwhile, you wonder if people are paying attention to the content. That's exactly what, you know, it's so funny because back in, I remember this really distinctly, back in Salt Lake City, it was a little rough at first. I, I kind of didn't have it all together, and I, I needed some work. In fact, my news director at the time, I so appreciate him, John, he sent me to theater class to learn how to breathe from my toes. Because what would happen back in Salt Lake when I was a young kid, if a snowstorm was coming in. I love snowstorms, right? So I, and snowstorm would come in and I'd be chatting about it and I had some really good maps and, you know, obviously really good explanation of what's happening. And so I'd say, well, the snowstorm is coming in and we should get about two feet in the mountains and about a foot in the foothills. And then it's going to be snowing throughout the day. And I would keep going and going and going and forget to breathe. <laughs> and so, you know, and then, and then at the end of the day, they were complaining about my suit. They were complaining about this or complaining about that. And I'm like, did you hear my forecast that that was right? And my maps were so nice. Well, but because yeah. you, that's another thing that you have a specialty you were a map maker yeah I did I made a lot of that and I still love that I love geography I love cartography I love looking at the world and realizing that we're all connected and I love talking about it and uh, I appreciate that part of my job so much and how little a speck we actually are in the <laughs> world that's that always surprises I me I, when I you think pull about back. that so often I really thought about that I was able to go on a safari that was on my number one on my bucket list we went about oh, these five six years and 
we were on the safari and we were in with the animals, right? And I thought to myself, we are just one little teeny tiny speck of this whole mass universe. Like yeah. that was the moment I had when I was on the safari because I'm a huge animal person. So that yeah. just connected the whole ecosystem, everything it, it, connected. It, it, it yeah. Was, it, I think about, yeah. I still think about it probably three to four times a week, that exact thing that you just said. Well, it's so true. And yet people are wanting to tell you about your, I know, like <laughs> it's, your, which we, by the way, have made a podcast on being organized and, but it really is about how you present to the world, which you have had real examples and like everyone missteps along the way right. and, and all right. of that, which is really lovely. Again, approachable, very real. Mm. And it also goes to show you that fortunately or unfortunately, your personal presence is the first thing people notice, yeah. whether you walk in the room or you're on air, that first one minute is how people have summed up if they're going to listen to you. Yep. Yep. I, I agree. And you know, I have to say in, in the last, uh, I've been doing this for a long time, for, for, for 30 years uh, at two different, in two different markets. And I have never felt the pressure as I do now within the last 15 months of, you know, the news is difficult. The, the, the A block, the lead story, um, the messaging of the day is, is difficult to swallow. It, there's a lot going on in this world. And so I take it upon myself in my three minutes that I get, even if I'm forecasting a snowstorm, even if I'm forecasting a cold wind chill, even if I'm forecasting a thunderstorm on Mother's Day, I am going to smile. I'm going to put my shoulders back. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to show up in that backyard. I'm going to be in that weather. I either forecasted or didn't forecast. I love my office. I'm back there. The flowers are blooming. And I am going to, for those three minutes, be a positive light. And that's the one thing that I've always done that, but I've really felt like that is my duty within the last 12 to 15 months with everything that's gone on with the pandemic and the riots and, and being the center of so many things here in Minnesota. I feel as though people need a, people need that. You know, the weather is the weather. There's nothing we can do about it. Thank the Lord. So like, let's just like listen to it. Let's let's figure out what's happening. And let's, let's be let's positive. Let's adjust based on what we're hearing. Yeah. Because, and let's yeah, yeah. Put, some, put some really fun information in there. I always, that's what I learned from Paul Douglas is always have a nugget of information like last night at 10 o'clock we noted that the northernmost point in alaska as of yesterday went 24 hours sunlight so they will not have a sunset for 84 days i heard that i so couldn't we, believe yeah, it so we put a little picture up of that town where it was only 20 degrees in the sun but they won't have a sunset so those little teeny little bits of knowledge are something that i also get to deliver and uh, i love the fact that it's science and it's stem and and that you know girls might see me doing that say oh I could do that too because she knows she you know she's a scientist and well we have to go back and say bravo to your teacher in 10th grade who did not think one thing about the fact that you were a female looking at this he just gave you the message that said you can do this because that's powerful when you think about it yep I with agree. our girls and women and i'm of a little i think I, i've got you beat by a couple of years and that message wasn't there as much and interests were definitely colored by the direction you were given by others in your life because I think that's just a natural thing. Now, bringing it back, we're going to take a break because we have to say thank you to Rustcar, a sponsor. And when we come back, I want to talk about what has changed 
in weather during the pandemic, you've had a first hand view to see, you know, we've all heard about lakes getting clean again and all of that. But I, I think globally, I want to hear a little bit more about that because we're all about what can we take good out of it? There's a lot of bad. There's a lot of bad that's come out of it. Yeah. But if we can pull on those goods, kind of setting your intention of what you do every day. And then we have really important questions like what's your lucky piece in your wardrobe? You know, all of those <laughs> topics that are so important to, to get to the bottom of. So we'll be right back with Belinda Jen sitting from care 11 available in store only our savory menu items think grab and go for lunch or enjoy them there brunch items are offered friday through sunday my personal favorite is the take and bake cookies available online or in store truly a capstone for any get together and in just 15 minutes from package to plate a memory to make we highly suggest you always have these in your freezer rusticabakery.com find the food and drink you adore or try something new rustica bakery puts the love shown by their customers back into every item baked at rustica you're among favorites and we are back with Belinda Jensen from Care 11 and beyond. I feel like you're so much bigger than that. Let's talk about that. You are lovingly referred to as Belle, and you have written Belle the Weather Girl mm-hmm. books, and you can find more information about those on, at bellethewethergirl.com. What was the what was the precipitous action for writing the weather books? Well, I have to say, I ever since I started being a meteorologist in television, I would go into schools and talk to kids, starting back in Salt Lake City and, and of course, all over Minnesota and Wisconsin. And so usually second graders, because that's the first time that weather is taught in in a whole section of science in the spring. And so I've talked to literally thousands and thousands of seven and eight year olds. And so what I found over the years is that kids are super interested in the weather. They, 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 they love it. That, That age group is just really, really special. But a lot of kids this time is they they tend to be a little bit more anxious and the reason that i think the anxiety is a big part of the issue now with weather is because of the 24/7 news cycle that i'm a part of so let's say there's a tornado in oklahoma tomorrow and the pictures are unbelievable because everyone has a everyone of course has a phone everyone has a camera and those pictures get out there well most adults realize that okay tornadoes happen in oklahoma big tornadoes happen in oklahoma but little kids do not decipher that and if that picture is shown again and again and again and then they see it again and again and again every time a dark cloud comes over plymouth they're gonna think oh my gosh that is coming they can't decipher it so there's a lot of anxiety wrapped around the fact that there's so much imagery of weather out there so bell the weather girl is a a series of books that really just uh, explains the nuts and bolts of weather so that the kids that are super enthused by it can learn more and then the kids that are more anxious about it will also learn hey if i'm in plymouth and that's a storm and I live in Minnesota, it's probably not going to be a huge tornado because in the tornado book, we learned tornadoes are like making a cake. You have to have specific ingredients. And if you don't have all the ingredients, you're not going to get a big tornado. So just teaching them the nuts and bolts through these books has really alleviated a lot of anxiety. And I've had a ton of teachers tell me that, counselors in the schools tell me that, parents tell me that. So it's been wonderful that we've been able to do full circle with those books. So oh, six that's books. Fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. And you're so right. I think the 24 hour news cycle and everything and then social media, even if mom's reading a text or reading a, a post that comes up saying, oh, there's a weather event happening or, right. you know, it's just, it's, there's so much information that's. And the worst images live the longest. 
So the worst hurricane disaster, the worst tornado, the largest hailstone report, those kind of things live for a long time. So that that's why that kids can't decipher that it's actually not going to happen each and every day. And they don't so. even know the questions to ask, right? Right. And if they're silent about something, you think your child is fine. You're not even realizing there's something going on there as well. Yep. yep. So what a wonderful connection for both. Yeah. And then I had a little girl who was actually anxious, my daughter. So it was like, you know, every time bad storms would happen, my daughter got anxious. And then guess what? Mom left to go do oh, the, weather. the weather. So it was like, oh my goodness, I have to help her too so writing the books i wrote them right when she was in second grade oh and uh so now she's okay now she kind of gets so it. it's so. funny you say that i was gonna my daughter was deathly afraid of thunderstorms like deathly afraid she still doesn't like them but she's gotten you know she's 90 percent there but i used to try to read her about them i used to try to explain to her what it's really doing didn't matter with thunderstorms we play a game because if we play a game which is a counting game between the lightning and the thunder mm. then you just distract them enough where they're actually waiting to hear the thunder and waiting to see the lightning because they're counting and then they're figuring out if the storm is coming closer or going away so just that distraction of that game is a good way to get through thunderstorms and that's what the one of the books the thunderstorm book a party in the clouds is, is all about so how many books in the series six books six books six different weather events hurricanes hail tornadoes clouds blizzards of course and i'm forgetting one of them I, i'll have to think of it but uh we, but anyway six books in the series oh that's fantastic and you can buy them anywhere bellthewethergirl.com i have them and, and uh you, but oh. yeah and amazon has them as well so okay perfect yeah. what yeah. a great idea for a gift mm -hmm. but i'm thinking and there's a little bernie's mountain dog that's in all of them oh of course so, of there course. is so there's one of those in bellthewethergirl.com too so that's you gotta fantastic. hold on to something during a thunderstorm do you right? read the books to your dog <laughs> yeah that's what i should have i should have i had well, the dog was afraid of storms too so it, i had to put Yes. Let's pivot and talk about a little bit about COVID-19. What's been surprising to you that you've seen, maybe in Minnesota, maybe more than that, weather events as COVID has started or as we've gone through COVID and we've all been staying home? Well, it it obviously was, uh, obviously affected the whole world in many ways. I mean, I did the weather in my basement for five months, so that was interesting because no one was allowed at the station. But now I'm back in the Care 11 backyard, which is great. And we're all back, which is, is good, good. We're all safe and back. But no, I saw the images like you did of, let's say, the fact that in India, they got to see the Himalayas for the first time. It, the skies over China cleared up. Um, some of the waters in Italy cleared up and people weren't driving and people weren't um, obviously the emissions were lowered there's there's no question that there was an effect there was an effect and and I think what was surprising was it didn't take long no. for it to just get better so it was that pause wasn't as long as you'd think it needed to be for things to get that much better so the fact that I think people saw that and experienced it and the images were around the globe and people like oh my goodness hopefully as we move forward and we ramp back up, people will think about that and will be more cautious with obviously pollution and emissions and moving around a lot. Maybe the fact that people realize they could do a lot without having to go into the city every day or whatever it is, get on that train every single day. Maybe that will 
have an accordion effect and people will say, you know, maybe, maybe the emissions will, will lower across the, the world. I guess we can just hope for that. I think so too. It's interesting. I think there's going to be that spike in people going back to doing what they did and then maybe it'll level off a little bit. I don't know about you guys. I'm seeing incredible traffic already now right. back into Minneapolis, which let's face it, <clears throat> Minneapolis needs it. So they do. They need so there's people to that. come downtown. Yeah. Right. But I, you know what I think? I think that the takeaway from, from COVID is, is the, the pause was demanded of us, right? And then we all had to kind of figure out how life was going to be. And I would say that parts of it were wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like I got to be with my son so much more than I would have otherwise. We didn't rush to 57 things. We had two things. So I think as people kind of start to fill up their calendars, maybe they won't fill them up as much because they really did like the slowdown. They liked the pause. Spending time in their yards. Yes, right. The local greenhouses have to be just thrilled about what's happened. Right. Gardening um, has taken over. Cooking. A lot more people were cooking. Not that we don't love to go to the restaurants and we're so happy they're back open. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I, I think there were there were absolutely some silver linings to this whole thing. Yeah, I think you look at it's the flip side of everything, right? And we talk about the yin and the yang of and there were people that suffered greatly. I think about people who had to figure out how to homeschool their littles. Oh. Not so much you're you're at a different point with your kids being a little older and soon to be starting that march to college, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of exciting. Are you nervous? Are you Yeah, no, I, I can't imagine the gals that were trying to work from home in an office and then had little ones trying to do second grade math or I mean I I have no idea how these women did it. I, I can't even imagine. No, I have a I have a middle schooler and I have a senior. So I have a ninth grader or an eighth grader and I have a senior. So I have a son that's heading off to college in a few months. Months. I can't believe it. Yeah. He's graduating in a few weeks. You know what? It's funny. COVID gave me a lot more time with him because he's a very active kid in a bunch of sports and, and you know, socially very active. And since he couldn't do any of that, we have this whole interesting new relationship, he and I. So that's been wonderful. So I will be sad when he heads off. Yeah. But I think it's time, you know. It'll yeah. Be- and yet you've had that different, more connected relationship. I think I did. We've had it. You had it with your son when he came and worked from home yes, with you. He, he, yes, he did. He for came. an extended amount of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, when it was we wonderful, and I, and I started cooking him all of his favorite meals that I made him when he was a little boy, mm. like every night. And and he's like, "Mom, what's for dinner tonight?" And I just went down the list of every single thing he liked because he's been out of the house for what eight years now. Yeah. It's nice to have him back. And- be able to do that again just to see them I mean. I'm, I'm sure i drove up crazy but <laughs> well and I, and as you can tell we you know if you're if you're looking for the things that that were were wrong we can talk about them too but we tend to set our intention to be positive just like you said your intention to go on the air and bring that positivity to people when you get up in the morning do you have a conscious set the intention for the day are you up do your feet hit the ground and you're running and whatever happens happens i mean you've obviously got scheduling what's your day look like when you have that first look in your mirror what's your day ahead uh, of you it's funny I, I i am much more of a morning person than i am a night person i always laugh that if i didn't do the 10 o'clock news i'd never see the 10 o'clock news because i really would be sleeping or i'd be either crawled up in bed with a book or watching a good show or something but i probably <laughs> basically i'd be sleeping so i am a morning person i get up and i love well the first thing obviously I love my coffee maker and I get some good (laughs) coffee going and I'm with the dog and I'm by myself and I'm in my kitchen and the hustle and bustle hasn't started just yet. And I make sure that I'm up well before that so I can have a little 
time to, to set my intentions and to figure out the, the day. But um, right away, obviously, I look at that weather to see if we were right and see if what we are looking at ahead is going to be right. And my weather team has a very fluid chat that we continue throughout 24-7. So we look through that and see what's happening with all the people at my station. And then it's, you know, kid time, breakfast time, that whole thing. And then getting them off to school. And my husband works as a professor at the Carlson School at the University of Minnesota. This last year, he's been a professor at my home. Yes. So that's been also <laughs> very interesting. But I'm really happy in the fall he'll be back to the U and driving back there every day and getting out of my house. Because <laughs> you know what I mean? There Did were... you have a space? You said downstairs really was your space right because yeah. you were doing the show from I was so I was in the guest room downstairs and my husband had the home office because we both needed an office so the guest room downstairs has a little office in the corner so that was my studio for five months and uh, I know doing the weather from home was crazy that I had to do that but it worked out great and I was home for dinner every night which was really nice and I'm typically home for dinner so I, I basically depending on the weather I head in in the afternoon after I forecast I head in in the afternoon and I do a combination of four, five, six, six thirty, and 10. So between 6.30 and 10, I go home. I have a dinner break. I run home. I live real close to the station. I catch a baseball game. I pick up kids from volleyball practice. I get, you know, usually they've eaten and then I usually sit down and they sit with me and I'll eat and we chat about the day and and then depending on the weather, you know, between 8.30 and 9, I run back to do the 10. And if there's weather, then I can't go home for dinner, um, obviously, because I have to stay and babysit that radar and be ready to break in if possible. Or, But if it's if there's no weather, I go home and be a mom for a little while. So, so you take one hat off, you, the lover of hats, you take one <laughs> hat off, you, put, you keep them like on your dashboard of your car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots, lots of hats, that's for sure. Well, like every other mom, you know, yeah. I think about my hours are not great, no question. Television hours are not great because we have to be on television when you're all home. So obviously those hours are not going to be, you know, very conducive to being uh, to being a mom. But with that said, I feel really blessed that I've had mornings with my kids and that I can run back and forth as much as I can, as much as I they let me, which it's been a great place, 28 years there. So when you're planning your day for on air, when do you decide what you're going to wear? Is it the night before? Is it five minutes before? Is it, you know, yeah. what? Do you have a process? Do you have a process? <laughs> I don't. I probably should. I have a good memory, so I kind of remember when I wore things. So I try not to wear things, you know, within a few weeks of each other. Of course, my office is the Care 11 backyard. So all winter, my uh, uniform is a coat. And so I do own a lot of coats. People ask, how many coats do you have? I do have a lot of coats. They're all shoved in. <laughs> you would laugh. They're all shoved <laughs> in the foyer closet. And I do have them organized. Roy G. Viv. I do have them organized in the rainbow colors. The blacks are on this side and the and the lighter colors are on the other side. And they're older coats. They're they're kind of I bought a lot of coats that are really good brands on sale, end of the season kind of a thing. I have some friends who have helped me with that over the years. So, you know, I just basically go down in the winter and those five or six months and just grab a coat and then go with that. You know, cashmere turtleneck, something warm, warm slacks, head out the door. But in the summer, it's all about just you know, grab a dress, grab some Spanx, head out the door. <laughs> you know, I try not to have a lot of fuss. I don't want to put three or four things on. I you don't want to, to be it. having to move your collar or making right. sure the zipper. Or... So the, the dresses tend to be um, just all bright colors. The brighter, the better on TV. The colors that you literally would not wear to the grocery store. 
you wear on TV and they look great. The hot fuchsia pinks and crazy mm-hmm. hot blue, you know, the, the bright blues and whatnot, they look fabulous on TV. Mm-hmm. So uh, we get all those dresses on sale that no one else wants. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> just any kind of those dresses and, and throw those on and then head out the door. I don't always take a ton of time with that. But that's okay. That's your process. Yeah, I do. The thing is, I think what, what makes that work is you, it, the closet just has to be organized. Everything has to be hung up. Everything has to be dry cleaned and ready to roll so that you can literally just grab and go. Do you have a favorite piece? Yeah, I have a couple of, you know, I, I love I love all the Veronica Beard coats. I have a lot of, or jackets. I love those with the little zip-ins. I have uh, three or four of those. Those are some of my favorite pieces. I have a couple of classic, beautiful coats that, you know, I don't even know the names. I always forget. I'm like, someone important made it. You know, the camel coat that you can put with anything. Has anyone ever sent you a coat? They have. Actually, I have I have had a couple of coats that have been dropped off that and they and they didn't want any credit for them. They're like, why don't you try this one? So the one brand that I that I always gravitate toward that always has beautiful coats is and I might be saying it wrong. It's S-I-O-A-K-Y-O. It's a Canadian brand, but I think it's out of Japan. So it's Soya Ko. Arkeo. Anyway, beautiful coats. Lisa, so know, could, Lisa knows them. She knows if them. You can get those in the spring when they're on sale. They always are beautifully made, very warm, gorgeous designs. Yeah. Very fun. We're going to end on a real serious topic. And I know that you have a giving heart because the first time we met, you were giving of your time as the keynote speaker for a nonprofit that I was involved in at the time, the Builders Association Foundation. And you have your name associated with a lot of things and you give of your time to a lot of different things. And we ask everyone who comes on with us who we should focus on for our nonprofit spotlight. Yeah. And tell us about who you have chosen. Oh, you know, I have had the wonderful opportunity at CARE to be able to be very philanthropic and help out a number of organizations over 28 years there. That's one thing that uh, they really feel is, is important part of your job and uh, but they never tell you to go do them it's pretty amazing that every single person there just kind of starts to pick their own and so over the years I've had a chance to do a bunch of wonderful events but I think as of late the one group that I really feel strongly about is the ICA food shelf and that's a food shelf that feeds basically the entire western metro and you'd be surprised how many people in the western part of Hennepin County and beyond uh, need help with food and so being part of Grow With Care being part of Garden I just understand, obviously, that 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 need and that necessity. And so I love the folks at the ICA Food Shelf and, and have had a chance over the last few years to help them with a number of their events. And so. for more information, if people want more information, it is icafoodshelf.org. They are coming up on their 50th anniversary. Yeah, they're wonderful. And you know what they do? They have a, a this beautiful store that... When you walk in, it you feel like you're in Kowalski's or Byerly's or Lund's or Jerry's. They have everything. It's it's just a wonderful experience for the people that are going there to get their food. They've had a lot of accolades by the fact that they, they sell really, really healthy food to their clients. They make sure that when they walk in, they walk right into the fruits and vegetables section and they get everything they want, but they really work on the health of their clients as well, which I think is really important. Their mission is to offer hope and provide assistance to our neighbors in need. And they serve the neighbors in Hopkins, Minnetonka, Excelsior, Shorewood, Deep Haven, Greenwood, and Woodland, Minnesota. We don't think of the Western suburbs, but the pockets of need are great as well, wherever you are. They really are. And with with COVID, 
and the pandemic and a lot of folks having a difficult time, it's it's more important than ever. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Last thoughts, Lisa? I just want to thank you very much. This was fantastic and just an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys asking me. And I, uh, you know what? I will just continue smiling in the backyard, even if I'm forecasting a thunderstorm. <laughs> and I so appreciate it. Thank Who you. Who doesn't love a good thunderstorm? Yeah. I know. I know. Thank you again. We really, we appreciate you. Thank you. And with that, we've come to the close of another great show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to reach out to Lisa, go to lisa at wardrobeconsulting.net. You can find me at katie at katieharms.com. And please look for us at theviewinyourmirror.com. Make it a fantastic day. And when you look in that mirror, know that you are looking at your best self. Till next time.